Good evening, Monadnock Region. This is Go Mo Tonight. Welcome once again to the Space Lounge. And after a, a week-long absence, no less, I'm your host, Chris DiLoretto, and I am here with... Zoe Roten-Heinzman. And our, our good buddy, Sam, is absent this week. That's because we're recording off schedule. Today is, I was about to say Tuesday. We Both of us keep thinking it's Tuesday. Today is Monday, December 6th, 2021. And uh, this this episode was originally supposed to be recorded um, several times prior to now, but due to various difficulties and travels and adventures and misadventures and things like that, um, just couldn't happen. So, good buddy Sam, this is an off-schedule night for him, can't make it. Um, that's all right, he'll be back next week. But we are happy to say, um, you know, so we took a week off, we had to, we couldn't record Thanksgiving week, and... Now we are like right smack in the middle, if not past the middle, sort of in a sense of of the holiday season. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but Thanksgiving already feels like a really long time ago. It does. It was, and it was like a, a week and a half. You know, I know, a week and a half ago. It was like a lifetime ago. Yeah, but we are like Christmas is in full swing. Yes, in yes, in the area. That is. As we know, because we have been putting together this this holiday guide, we've so like many we've been, of you like hyper aware of all the Christmas events uh, that, that have been going on. And this past weekend, there was like there was stuff in like every town. Yeah, yeah, like, very exciting weekend. Um, you know, so as part of part of the holiday section of of Go Monadnock, we you know put together you know one master list of kind of like all of your your big shopping experiences all your special pop-up markets all your sales you know things like that um that we could find you know and it's and by the way you know this episode will be out on thursday if you have an upcoming sale or or sales event that we have not listed it is far from too late to contact us contact us we're going to update these things a couple times a week um throughout the season and the other one covers all the other events. So all your entertainment, all your music, all, you know, concerts, um, you know, stand-up comedy events, um, which th- that's not a joke. There was one in theory. I mean, if you, I don't know, do we consider Fred Marple stand-up comedy? I mean, it kind of is. Oh, he, yeah. He's a, one like, man, <laughs> he's a one-man humorous monologuist playing a character. Um, so it's not quite the same as stand-up comedy. I guess it's sort of a, Maybe you call it theatrical, but it's comedy, you know, yeah. close enough. Anyway. Well, he's standing, I'm assuming. Yeah, exactly. I think he stands. <laughs> I don't know. If anybody who, who is a big Fred Marple fan can let us know if he stands or sits, but I assume I assume he does stand. That's how I've always pictured it. Yes. Anyways. Same. But didn't so, we see him once at the fourth of July? Correct. He wasn't he reading the Declaration of Independence? That's right. He was definitely yeah. standing. So yeah. Oh, he was standing then. Yeah, absolutely. He had a podium. <laughs> Didn't he have some help from some school children or something? That sort of maybe rings he about. was the host and the and the school children read it. I don't I don't really fully remember, but um, in any case, yeah, good old Fred. Um, which Fred's the character's name, I think. Right? Not his. I don't. I think like him as a dude is a different name. I I am but unaware his, of his. Yeah, other name. Like, yeah, that's the stage name. But, anyways, we compiled all these things. The you know, for as of right, as of this moment now, by the time you read this, we'll be a little bit further ahead. But the shopping guide is comprehensive, goes through Christmas Day. Um, the events guide we did through last weekend, and um, I'm, I'm about to update it tomorrow. So, by the time you see it, there'll be at least one uh, additional week 
um, of events in there. But one of the interesting things that we found, and I, I suspect that it's always this way, and I've just never noticed because I've never had to compile them all in one place, but we found that on both sides of it, both shopping and, I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely some sh- plenty of shopping events left to go and plenty of other events left to go, but the, the majority, like a solid 60%, maybe 65% of all of the holiday-related things in the whole region happened this past weekend. Um, yeah. Well, I think a lot really of it is because they got to get the trees lit and a lot of mm-hmm. the, like, the town festivities Everybody were combined the with the tree lighting. Yeah you know, of the town. So it's like Greenfield had a parade that also went with their tree lighting. And like Peterborough had the lantern thing that went with the tree lighting and all that. So I will say I am a tiny bit bummed. So I I do have a confession to make that um, I saw a lot of pictures. I read a lot of reports. I did do a quick drive by over at PES, which I think is very nice. The PES got in Peterborough elementary school, got in on the lantern game this year. Um, so they had the big lantern display from the children of the arts folks, which bravo on you. I love it that you do that. Um, it's, it is one of my favorite things. Hopefully we can do a parade next year, a, a real lantern parade. That'd be great. Um, but I love what you do in the park. It's very beautiful. And I like it that the elementary school, uh, Manny got to make a lantern and he, like he had it, he set it in a special place so we could go find it. Um, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was nice. Um, so glad they did that. So I did, I did, that was the one, that was the one thing I was able to do, but I, you know, at the risk of, of being a Peterborough apostate, I was out of town. I was out of town this weekend and, and not even in a very Peterborough friendly place. It was New Jersey, um, for a wedding of a very dear friend. Um, actually, I mean, I had a blast. I had an absolute blast, but I did. I missed all the good stuff. Um, I really did the hometown holiday weekend. I would have liked, even though um, we saw Handel's Messiah um, at Symphony Hall a couple weeks ago, uh, or a lifetime ago at, after Thanksgiving. Right. Um, but they had the Messiah sing at the UU Church, which I love. I really, I really, lo- I really don't like to miss that. I was, I was bummed um, that I, I actually I wanted to sing in it, um, but I knew that I wasn't going to be like. I made up my mind. Yeah. I think back in 2019, I was like, all right. I'm not as scared to sing in public. I'm still a little scared to sing in public, but I'm not as scared to sing in public as I used to be. I love Handel's Messiah. I'm going to sing in it. And I even told Peggy Brown, I'm like, I'm singing it. And then 20, um, 2020 happened. And um, so I still want to do it. But then this year I had um, this wedding who, like I said, is a very, very dear friend. This was not a, uh, not, not, not a wedding that you, you can skip even for singing Handel's Messiah. It's just not, yeah. it's just not cool. Can't do it. So I was out of town. So I, I missed a lot of it. But everything that I saw, I saw so many people out and about going to all of these places and just nothing but rave reviews. You know, I mean, I don't know if, if you had because I know you kind of missed most of it, too. But if you had any kind of perspective from from what you've seen on social media and like heard from people who were out and about. But I mean, I've heard just raving. Real yeah, very it, people. it seems like I don't know. I, I loved the lanterns in the park last year and it was like super magical to see that. Um, and I, and I can't really tell from the pictures if it is mostly the same as it was last year, but it's, but people are, people are talking about it. Like it was extra special and I, I unfortunately missed it. I, and yeah, I I was, I was sad to miss the Messiah sing too, but next year let's sing because I wanted to do, I want to do it too. So we can peer pressure each other. Totally. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm really all about it. 
Um, so, yeah. But so, you know what I mean, else so, they missed? There were two parades this weekend. Oh, I there was going to say be, that. I wanted to hit a parade. Yeah, the parade. there the two the two parades in the region were both this weekend. There was the fire and ice in Greenfield, and that that was like they're calling it a first annual. It sounded like an amazing time with like I don't even remember like like every Christmassy thing like carols and Santa and lanterns and trees and parade and whatever like blacksmithing demos, which you know all Christmas celebrations probably could use. Um, yeah, I love it. <laughs> you know, I love the name. I love the name. I mean, the, the fire and ice right? festival. I mean, that's ah oh, man, they're just grabbing the bull by the horns. I do. I like that. The, the, yeah. The, so very well done. Greenfields. Yeah. Um, good, and I yeah. hope to be there for the second annual. And um, Bennington had a parade that I also missed. That was the next day. And shamefully, I was like, I was helping to make a float for 4-H that we were like going to oh, put yeah. in both of those. Yeah. Didn't even finish the float. But oh, that just no. means that just means next year I have you well, know something to strive for. We know what to expect. We know what to expect. And, yeah. you know, to be honest, I have always found ever since moving to this area um that if you actually pay attention to like the sum total of of interesting things that are going on it it can be um almost frustrating because inevitably you cannot make 90% of them you know what i mean you can only make like 10% and that's you know i do my best and obviously you know um we we certainly in our our gomenadnock roles are really trying to keep tabs on um, the stuff that's going on, but it's so hard. And I, there's so many things that I always want to do and, um, and, and just, you just can't do it all. Yeah. But I do want to do, there's like that walk in Hancock, the Bethlehem uh, walk, right? The Bethlehem walk. Doesn't that sound that awesome? That sounds so interesting. Yes, I do. I really do want to do that. Yeah. That might be the yeah. 10% that I get to this year. Yep. I am down. I'm, I'm absolutely down to do that. Um, I like that. I like that idea. And you, and you will see that in our guide. It is, um, I believe off the, sorry, I should have had this in front of me, but I think it's from 12 to two, um, in downtown Hancock, uh, which is for those of you who don't know is no, no, My it's at the UTC church. Two to four. Okay. All right. It's in the afternoon <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday, the 12th. Um, and they're transforming downtown Hancock into, um, Bethlehem. You get to see the wise men and the shepherds and the angels. Um, I, I am very interested. So by the way, that's, I meant to say earlier is that that is a, a nativity scene behind you, right? Behind me. Yeah. Isn't it on your shelf? What is that? No, that's, that's, that's my, that's all my other stuff. My, oh, my okay. altery stuff. It looks very, it's actually blurry for me right now, so I can't see. So now it just looks like, I don't know, a city skyline. But um, <laughs> before it looked like, I swear it looked like um, there were like angels and shepherds and Mary and Joseph and stuff. But I could have just been imagining that. Well, no, the, I mean, one of them is, is one of them is uh, Michael, the archangel Michael. So there is an, there is an angel. Oh, okay. All right. And there is a Mary. So, you know, you got a, you got a few of them. All right. So we got, <laughs> we got some of the characters, right? <laughs> It's a slightly different play. That's good. Uh, nice. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling Christmassy. I got Christmas lights outside. I can see them out my window right there. Um, I put up some more last night and I hope to get some more before Saturday. Um, and 
Yeah, so, um, but as far as our guide goes, um, I hope that you all will check it out. All the links, of course, will be in the episode notes, but I hope you guys will check it out and follow along um, because, you know, like Zoe wrote a fantastic guide to eight obscure children's books um, that you uh, that you didn't know you needed in your life. Check those out. It's a very, very interesting romp. We're going to have um, some specials on, you know, Christmas songs, um, Christmas gifts. And by gifts, you know, we're going to talk about some local stuff, but, but we have our, you know, our main focus with this, that this whole thing is, is local stuff, but this is just gifts in general, you know, so we're going to include, you know, the, all manner of things that you might not have thought of, um, for your, for your family and loved ones. And even, even your enemies, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, but we'll have, um, we're going to talk about Christmas movies a little bit. Um, and like I said, we're going to continue to update the shopping and the events list with um, all of the current things as they're happening. You know, so I, I, the goal is like twice a week, we'll give it an update um, and, um, you know, through the next two or three weeks here. So uh, stay tuned. Very, very exciting stuff. And um, it, it, yeah. And so at this point, I just want to take a moment and mention that this episode is sponsored by independent modern artist Brandy Patterson who's hosting this Saturday, December 11th, from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. She's opening up her home for a holiday shopping artist open studio. You'll get to see, and again, you, you really do, you need to click the links in, in the episode notes to see this because you got to check out her art, right? And she's got, um, this is all completely original stuff. She has a very unique process that she goes through um, to kind of you know channel everything from like music to light to, you know, the, the feelings that well up from within onto the canvas in these really unique ways. And, um, I've seen her studio before. Um, it's, it is a really, really cool place, um, to be creating this art. And so by, you know, attending this, this is at, uh, this is in Manchester at 117 Guilford street. Um, you know, you get free cocoa, free, uh, hot apple cider as well. Um, but you'll kind of get to get um, not just look at the paintings, but really get a sense of this process. And in a very personal time, um, she is very amenable to anyone asking questions. And very cool is that she's got art priced for any budget, you know. So she's got some some you know smaller pieces um, that are great for um, you know decorative wall hangings and such for under fifty bucks. Um, but then you know you got you got your real your accent pieces, your 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 big. Um, you know, real statements that you can get, um, you know, if, if, uh, if you're looking for something a little bit more expansive there. So highly, highly recommend. I know it's a little bit out of the area, but she is a friend. She loves Peterborough. She just had her art at, at, as part of Peterborough's hometown holiday celebration. She was featured at the library, um, as part of the Max Makerspace. Um, I'm sorry, I forget what they called it, but, um, Mega the, Minis. The mega minis. Um, she was part of that. So, so she does, she is, so I'm not trying to dr just drive everybody out of here. She, she comes here. So it's a little bit of a give and take. Um, so we, we can, we consider her a friend of the Monadnock region. Um, so if you feel like taking a drive, you know, you can, you can totally shop at local businesses uh, to do penance afterwards, but you know, take a, take a little trip out to Manchester and see this open studio. Um, highly, highly recommend this. Um, and again, all the information will be in the show notes and, um, and, and that's that. Um, and so please note also that it is, um, 
We have these sponsorships available on a weekly basis um, at very affordable rates and with a very dedicated and attentive listenership. So what you're getting here, um, even as we grow as a brand new podcast, is, is you know, um, while, while the raw numbers might be modest, you know that everyone who is listening to this charming, seductive voice talk about your product or service is really paying attention. You know, um, so it's it's really more valuable than something that somebody's just going to scan their eyes over. There's no other radio station for you to go to. So hit us up. Uh, that's that's Sam, our missing fellow. Um, he he's our guy for the advertising. So hit him up uh, again. His contact info will be in the show notes. Um, so thanks, Brandy. Um, now I know we have uh, I think a couple of news stories. Um, what were were we uh, were we leading off with the uh, the conviction? Yes, yeah, you know that good segue. Speaking of weird gifts, you could give. <laughs> oh God, yes, um, that's that is one way to think about it. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, you know the more famous um, murder, obviously, is um, the the Brittany Barron. And uh, Armando Barron case um, that is that is still going on, and that that you know that murder actually took place here in the Monadnock region on the around the Jaffrey Ridge line. Um, so this 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 is a a lesser known murder that didn't take place here, but it is locally relevant because a couple of years ago, um, the body of poor twenty year old uh, Brandon Chickless was found in Ringe, New Hampshire, in the woods. And, um, so this is an update and I, and I, you know, that's an odd thing that happens. Come on. You know, I mean, they, you know, I don't mean to be, uh, you know, morbid or whatever, um, or focus on the bad news. And obviously this is a murder that took place in Ashburnham mass. And it was just the, the body that was dumped here. But, you know, I mean, we don't get, we don't find bodies all the time, you know, so it peaked that stuck in my head. And so the, the murderess, um, Julia Enright, um, who was an ex-girlfriend of, of uh, the victim and uh, lured him into a tree house and stabbed him to death and then wrapped him up and took him to Ringe where he was found. And she got caught pretty much right away. Um, she was very much convicted. Seems like a very sick person. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think you left out the, she killed him in the tree house so that she could give his dead body to her current boyfriend yeah as a gift as a gift that was a gift that's that's what the prosecutors alleged um and she she has all these writings and records of uh, you know obsession with death and she wanted to have a bubble bath with blood and like you know just really creepy sick shit um and this uh this poor young man was a victim of this one thing that it always makes me think right and and I bet you we have some, and I, you know, I like to go out in the woods. I love the woods and stuff. But I bet you there's a few people who listen to the show that are even more outdoorsy than I am. Maybe they, maybe they're tree type people. You know, people. I don't know. I don't know who would know these things, right? But here's my here's tree my type, thing. like people who know how to identify trees. Tree type people who might be like off a path and like in a strange spot because they're. Uh-huh cutting down a tree there for some reason i don't know why oh, oh, like, i don't know oh, like i don't know cutting, if they i don't know if they, i don't even know if they do that i don't know but okay. my question is, my question is this though i grew up with 
miles and miles of woods behind my house, right? And like there's paths and shit, right? But if you just like are like randomly walking along a path, like especially if you're like pretty far into the woods, right? And you just like take a right off the path and you just bushwhack for like 200 yards or something, right? You reach a place where like nobody ever goes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like no one goes there. And yet when they put bodies in places like that, pe- they, they're always like found by a jogger. Like what was the jogger doing there? Like what, you know, <sighs> I, I mean, like I get it if you put it on the path. And I also get it that carrying and disposing of a body is not easy. I get that. They're heavy. You know, um, you probably got tools with you. Uh, I don't know what time of year it was in the story, but um, uh, let me see. Actually, it's probably. That's odd. This is so, so you're wondering, like, how these bodies are always found? Yeah. I mean, like, why it, do it they find them all? Me think like there's must be tons of bodies that are not found. Yeah, but, like we're either talking about tons of bodies that are not found, right? We are talking about um, we are we have serious misconceptions about the amount of people that wander in the woods off the path, um, <laughs> a- aimlessly. Apparently, you know what? You know what? Maybe it's like a jogger with a dog. True, because a dog would smell that. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, good point. Or three, and it might be the answer. Might be three. The answer might be three. The answer might just be they really aren't doing a very good job getting these bodies very far off the path. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, but like, but like, even if the body, okay, so like, even if you do like an amazing job, I don't know. I guess if you do an amazing job, then it's like buried deep enough. You know dog's not going to smell it. Nothing's going to dig it up, whatever. Yeah. You got to dig a deep hole. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming they're just not doing an amazing, like even if they get it far off the path, like there's ways for like stuff to come to the surface, right? Like. I I think shifting, you don't don't dig a deep enough hole. I don't know. If you don't dig a deep enough hole. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think frost heaves could, push your body above the ground right or like an animal could like dig i don't know because like you can like i'm thinking about like you know that time that we found the chicken of the woods mushrooms like hiking on monadnock right like that was pretty far off the path like you can see you can see if something looks weird over there sure yeah no sure but i guess i am thinking about like if like far off the path like through some dense trees you know Mm. there's a lot of places like that there's a lot of places like that you know? Sure, but then, um, but then you're right. Like, I mean, you got to carry a body and tools. I don't know. You're probably you're probably yeah. not going to like. <sighs> I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> if I was hiding well, a body, like, like I would want to like do a really good job and find a really good spot. Like, part of me wants to be like, I don't know, like, just like like watch enough Sopranos and you have like a fair idea of like the lengths that you need to go to like properly make a body disappear. But yes, they do. They at least require, they're always, it's always at least a two person job, you know? And I do think, I think her boyfriend helped her with this. I'm not hundred percent sure. I think, I don't think she carried the body out into the, but maybe she did. I don't know. I don't feel like looking it up again, but um, you know, so you, you need, you need a second person for sure. Yeah. And 
um, you do, you kind of have to be like professional about like, you know what I mean? You do, you have to yeah. dig that like five or six foot hole, you know, um, or, or, or put it in a drum, you know what I mean? Put it in a drum that you right. bury in the ground, you know, like there's, there's things, you know, and if you have two people and like, you know, if you're in the mob or whatever, you typically have access to certain equipment or at least like a dolly or something, you know what I mean? Like, and right. you can't be going to the, you, these have to be things that you already have access to because you can't go to the goddamn hardware store now once you have the body. Right. It's too late. You can't be shopping for shovels. <laughs> they get, right. they catch you that way. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, and in well, fact, I think, I think somewhere in this story, she might've been bagged going to Walmart and getting stuff. Mm. Too. So it happened that, you know, you can't do that. Right. Don't kill, don't kill any, don't kill your ex-boyfriend. Don't kill anybody. Um, but yeah, we're just speculating here about the, there are bodies being hidden sometimes and, and not very well. Well, even in the Sopranos, right? Like they don't, they don't like hide bodies in the woods all that often. There's like the Pine Barrens one, and that's no, like but then, no, but in then the middle of the, nowhere, um, right? Yes, but yeah, but there's the um. So they do the Pine Barrens a couple of times, but there's the um, which which implies that it's a semi regular thing. But they also have like the farmhouse of the uncle right. or whatever. Which, but that's so, like you know that's the farmhouse of an uncle, right? Like they're not, they're not just like going off some hiking trail, you know, as, as true. In you know what I'm forest. saying? Like, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. When they bury that, them, but that's what, that is what the pine barrens are, but not, not at the farm. And they do seem to like the farm, but then the trouble becomes when the, when you sell the property. So it's, it is actually a good idea to bury a body on someone's property that, you know, if you know that they're not going to ask questions or look around. Right. But, if they ever sell it, it, that really could become a problem for you. Right. But like, and, and that's interesting too, that they're like, they're worried about the, them selling it, even though it's like well buried and well hidden. So it's just right. like burying right. a body and in the many ground. Years, so it's probably a skeleton, you know right. what I mean? For the most part, like you're talking like skeletal remains, you know? But it just goes to show that like the smartest murderers know that burying yeah. a body in the ground, not, the number one way to do it, right? Because yeah, there's, totally. there's too many, too many joggers or whatever, too many, yeah. too many potential ways to find that. Well, and I think that if you're in that kind of like crime lifestyle world, right? I think that there is like actually a pretty big, you know, there, there's a strategic argument there, right? Between like the pros and cons of say, just don't hide the body. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you, when you need to, you know, get rid of somebody, just, you know, leave them wherever you get rid of them and, and someone will find them and just don't get caught, you know, and the focus is not on whether or not the killing happened and more on, can anyone figure out that you did it? You know, yeah, uh, yeah. So there's, there's a case to be made there, you know, but then there's also a case to be made for where it, it could be a lot easier for everybody, for someone to just disappear, you know, and yeah. Crimes of passion, of course, you know, and, and in the Sopranos, that is actually a couple of the times when they're they're doing this in the woods. It's because of that. It's it's a it's an emergency kind of situation, you know. Right, and, right. Because um, it wasn't, yeah, wasn't wasn't planned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a spur of the moment kind of killing. Don't murder anybody. We don't need any more murder stories um, in the Monadnock region. I, I really don't no. want to see that kind of crime spiking up. 
None of us want that, of course. Um, it'd be a very terrible thing. And um, none of us want to be finding bodies as we hike. No. no. And if we found a body, we would be able to go talk about it at the at one of the new death cafes. We could, we could, that would be... To process it, potentially. This is a thing yeah. that people are doing at the library, I think, um, every month, maybe. And a, yep. a bunch of strangers just get together and um, talk about death and stuff. With with tea and baked goods, I believe. Nice. Well, it's good to normalize death. It's it's not something that I'm looking for to do, but um, I think that it, it seems to be something that some people are getting something out of. So, um, so if you find a body, the resource to remember. You don't want to do death cafe, or you don't want to die. Oh, um, well. I don't really want to die either, but I don't, I definitely don't want to go to a death cafe. Okay. <laughs> I, I like I mean, the idea. I'm, I'm cool. If we're having a little mini death cafe right now, I'm just saying I am very cool with the idea of um, immortality. You know, I don't think I get it or at least not in the tradition, not in the, not in the corporeal earthly sense. Right. Um, yeah. So I've reconciled myself to the fact that I will, regrettably at some point die. And I have all kinds of instructions and commands laid to all manner of people about what needs to happen afterwards, or I'll fucking haunt them. Um, but, um, and that is the thing that I tell people all the time. Um, but I am not, it'll happen. You know, it'll happen when it happens. I've, I've led a very good life already. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not dissatisfied. Like I'm not like I, it's, you know, <laughs> I want to see my kids grow up, but I also want to see my kids live to a hundred. You know what I mean? And like, you, you can't get all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, that would be the thing. I never cared about death at all until I um, had kids really. And then it becomes like, you want to hang around. Like you want to be around for this. You know what right. I mean? And, th and that's the, that was the first time I ever was like afraid of death really was after I became a father, because then I was like, ah, but what if I left? Like that would be a bummer for them. It'd be a bummer for me. It'd be a bummer for every, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like you realize that what a yeah. huge bummer it would be. I I am definitely more. I like I am more comfortable with the thought of me dying than the thought of my kids dying while I'm totally. alive. Of course, that's like the worst you know? thought. That's the but worst. they do say that that's literally like in terms of like um, I hate this word, but in terms of trauma that can happen to you, literally the word like the thing that inflicts the most damage on people is death of a child. Right, I I believe it. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's it's like the number one worst thing that you don't want to happen. You know, yeah. um, it's it's like a truly unfathomable thought. Like I, exactly. I, I think getting comfortable with one's own death is like a super healthy thing to do, and like Very just healthy. accept that it's going to happen. But I can't. Very I, healthy. I can't, and I don't want to get comfortable with the thought of them dying. No, and I feel that way to a large extent with a lot of my loved ones. Honestly, like I am, I am more comfortable with my own mortality than with the idea of their absence. You know, um, that's, mm -hmm. that can be very children, the children, most of all, you know, for like, for sure. But there's a lot of people, even my parents, you know, I mean, everybody's parents die. I know this and that's, that's the, everyone's, when you get older, you know, it's only more like, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's just always more likely every yeah. day. You know, but that's unfathomable to me still. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh my God, like, it'll, that'll be yeah. such a blow, you know? So, yeah, death well, that, sucks in a lot of ways. It blows. Death yeah. blows. 
That's my that's my second thought though. I I like truly cannot. I can't comprehend my mom dying either. So yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, it's, it's although I feel I, like know. if that when that one happens, I'll be I'll be able to to deal with it. I guess. Well, one of the things. Um, so I was just reading this in some book the other day. Um, it was a book by a someone who writes about stoicism, but they were talking about someone else's technique that they, and there was multiple people who like recommended like basically like not in an anxiety type of a way, but um, in a, in a matter of fact way, like in a stoic kind of way, um, always pondering all of the worst scenarios, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And like being aware of them and being familiar with them and being comfortable with them, you know, and just like, again, not to worry about them, like Mm -hmm. not, not to let them make you like, get your heart pounding, you know, but to like comprehend them. And like, like I said, get familiar with them. You know what I mean? Like to, to know, to, to know that they, there will be a day, you know? I mean, and that's, and I guess that's the thing about the, the, the kids dying thing is that you don't know that there will be a day with your parents. Right. Unless you die first, there will be a day, you know, cause they're older. That's just the way it works, you know? Right. Um, so you know, so, so with that sort of thing, that's why I say like, you can't, I don't think you can really prepare yourself for the kid one though. Right. I mean, yeah. it's so unnatural. It's so unnatural for like the parents outlive the, ch- at least in today's age. Right. Cause I mean like 150 years ago, children died a lot. Yeah. And I'm sure it was terrible. I'm sure, but it wasn't unfathomable, you know, right now we've really cut down child death, which is one of the reasons I really love civilization and don't, want to get rid of it you know and like don't want to go back to the earth and the land because like when we were back to the earth and the land a lot more of our children died yeah. like straight died you know you would have nine kids because three of them were going to not make it you know um and you needed the rest of them to like work on your farm or in your trade or earn you a dowry you know what i mean like pre-civilization blue guys you know pre pre pre-industrial times sucked some a lot of stuff about this society sucks too, but not that bad. Um, yeah. Just remember that um, when we think about these sorts of things. But if you want to, I think the next Death Cafe is coming up, isn't it? Yeah, I just saw um, it on Facebook. It's soon, and there's a yeah. limit of twelve. So if you if you want, yeah, you got to sign up. That, go sign up. But your your point about civilization though makes me think of the other story that you that you wanted to talk about about um, energy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is one of the most interesting things um, I've seen in the Peterborough group in the last week or so, which I just want to actually, let let me just pause to interject something about the the Peterborough group um, because um, I haven't. So since we last recorded and since we last put an episode out, we did get a bunch of criticism from some people, but I haven't done anything new to piss anybody off. And I haven't really been, been a very bad troll in the group and the group's really been pretty quiet with the exception of a couple of things. Like there was like a dog hit in either Antrim or Hillsboro. There was, the story was told two different ways. And so the fact that the dog was hit and, and no, it wasn't killed. It was hit. Sorry. Mm. And was hurt um, in one of those towns, but it was posted twice with different towns. People were like, they're a scammer. They're a scammer. And they like jumped all over them. But like, then it really turned out to be not a scam. Like the person who was the, <laughs> The, the person who hit the dog like chimed in on the post and was like, yo, I hit the dog. 
there was nothing I could do. It wasn't my fault, but it's not a scam. It's not a hoax. Like this really happened. And then they were taking pictures of the um, veterinary clinic because they, oh, it was a very sad thing. Oh man, I, I, I think missed the dog. Whole, I, missed this I think thing. the dog lived, but that was very country. There were like three separate posts with a lot of activity going on about this. So that was a big. I didn't get involved in that. I felt bad for the dog. I feel bad for the person that hit the dog. Yeah. Everybody else. Um, it's a very sad story. I, I I hope that that dog ended up okay, but it's hard to say. There's um, also a new a new entry into the Peterborough calendar contest. That's the other thing that happened oh, yeah. in the Peterborough um, this week. Dan Milbauer? That, that sounds in? right, yeah. Holy shit. We, now we really need Steve Lepofsky to to jump in and mediate this if this gets out of hand between all these guys um, yeah. and their, their calendar wars. Um, so now there's, yeah, we got three of them out there. We um, should yeah, just so that was, I forgot about that. That was interesting. That was interesting. Yep. Dan, Dan jumped in. Um, have you bought any of the, I haven't bought any of the calendars. Like I said, I've, I've, I've bought a couple of Ben Conant calendars in the past. They're very nice calendars. He's probably out of them by now though. Um, yeah. you know, I'm my tempted mom, by Jeff settles. My mom makes a calendar with her paintings every year. So I'm always covered. Yeah. By you, calendars. you don't have a spot. Yeah. You don't, don't have, have a spot. spot. I don't open. need that many. Calendars. We don't really have a calendar hung in here at all. Um, and I don't really know where I, I mean, I guess I could put a calendar in the kitchen. You can just put it on any wall. If it's just yeah, like an art I, calendar and not a like, yeah, but you know, calendar. oh no, no, an art, yeah, an art calendar. Well, no, I mean, but even if, it, I don't know, I'm, you know, how I'm very particular about what goes on certain walls, you know, I don't yeah. want to just like, K- kitchen's good. I always put mine in the kitchen. Yeah. Kitchen's a reasonable place for a calendar. Yeah. So I'll get one of the calendars. Somebody will get a calendar from one of these guys. So I think that we really do need to email uh, Steve Lepofsky and like get his feedback. I think that it's time to bring him in. It doesn't have to be an all out war. We can just ask him to judge. We can settle this. We can settle this in some kind of, we can maybe have like a cartel type arrangement, you know, (laughs) kind of thing, price fixing and shit like that. Uh, I don't know. Just don't want, don't, don't want blood to spill, to be spilled over this, um, this thing. The, the other interesting thing, and I guarantee like almost nobody saw this, um, and I don't even remember which night it was. It was when I was in New Jersey. I think it was like Thursday or Friday night. <laughs> Some Yahoo whose name I don't know, I don't remember because I've never seen them before. The post got taken down very, very quickly. Um, and I, I, I want to be clear that like <laughs> nothing that I say is a comment on the content of the post. Like I don't support the content of the post, but I just had to laugh and... <laughs> sort of clap a little bit at the spirit of the post, which was like, so like I said, some person that I, whose name I've never seen before, just like, just throwing a total bomb into the middle of the group. And like the, I should have screenshotted it, but the, the post was something like BLM thinks white people should have harsher sentences. What do you think? <laughs> I just like, like, yeah, guys, I know it's probably some of you that are like really pissed off by that. I just, I can't bring myself to be mad because it's just, it's absurdist, like, right? Like, they're, I mean, because I'm a troll, right? People accuse me of being a troll. I would never rob a bomb like that. Um, like, that person's just like, I'm going to light myself on fire and run right through the middle of everybody. Like, you know, like, that's just a spirit beyond um, what what I'm accustomed to putting out there. Uh, I thought it was very unique. Um, I don't know. Uh, points for balls like I, i'm not you know like i said i think the post got taken down i wow reacted it i remember like i had enough time to do that but i was like whoa I was like, look what this person's doing they're probably not in the group anymore um but uh I mean, <laughs> like i don't know 
It was. They, they it probably was, missed it was you. I mean, you have been so quiet. They probably missed you. They were probably trying to. I make know up someone for was your... like, "Stir this up a little bit." <laughs> so, you know, that's one way. That's that's a way to do it. You know. Oh man, no. But the other thing I wanted to t- the reason we started talking about the group is that I did see actually somebody posted an interesting article just this evening. Um, talking about how this organization called ISO New England, which apparently basically like brokers and controls the free, like make sure that the, the electricity grid of New England is like free flowing. You know what I mean? So like, un, you know, uh, finding stoppages and freeing it up, you know, like, I mean, it works like it's, a, it's like a fluid type of a dynamic, I believe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you keep it, try to flow evenly and all this stuff, but they're saying, they're warning us. Now, Bill Taylor commented on on um, something that I said on it, saying that they, they have to do this every year, and they always warn of this, and they, they're just kind of scaring us um, or fucking with us. And that may be true. I hope that's true. But what they're saying is that because of um, natural gas, liquefied natural gas um, problems, um, you know, the cost, but, but more than the cost, the increasing consumption in Europe and Asia – um, and apparently there's some weird price problem right now where it's actually, we, um, we buy it cheaper here than they, they're doing in Europe and Asia. And it's almost always the other way around, but for the first time it's this way. And so they want to sell it there and not here. And, um, so there's a chance that if we were, to, so if every, if we have a mild winter, everything's fine. No problem. But if we have like a week or more of like zero degree weather, there may be such a strain put on the electrical grid that they have to preemptively do um, rolling blackouts. Well, we will actually like we're in a third world country have plant. No offense to the third world countries, but like, you know, we will actually have the electricity plan to be shut off at various times of day um, that we can't use it. Um, Again, like I said, I really like civilization, and um, I want I want the the third world people to have the reliable electricity, not us to have unreliable electricity. You know, I want us to be equal that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't support the other way. Um, and so the problem is supply. The problem is supply. And I just want to make a couple comments here. Um, first of all, there used to be a nuclear power plant about an hour from here on the Connecticut river in Vermont um, that was supplying some of the new England power, nuclear power is a very good thing. And it is one of the only things that can help us get off fossil fuels in terms of our primary power generation. Um, when it comes to wind turbines and, and even wind turbines and solar combined, listen, listen, I'm sorry guys. I like wind and I like solar and I support anybody who's doing it like that's good. That's a good contribution. But in terms of the, the need to meet our energy needs, right? I don't know how many of you have seen the wire, you know, but there's a great scene in the wire where this very nefarious character named Marlo Stanfield says, you want it to be one way, but it's the other way. And by that, I mean, you want wind and solar to be enough but it isn't. It's not enough. 
You can't do it. The math doesn't add up. It doesn't work. And yes, I know some people will respond to this by saying, oh, well, we just need to reduce our energy. But the fact of the matter is, we actually have been continually reducing our energy over the decades. Our, our, you know, our, all of our electronics, our appliances, everything we own are significantly, significantly more efficient than they were even 15, 20 years ago. Um, you know, we, we, have, we have been trimming the fat in terms of um, m making our consumption leaner and everything else. What reducing our energy usage looks like at this point in time is rolling blackouts. And so, no, I don't want a world where we power our rolling blackout electricity with wind turbines and solar. That is entirely unacceptable to me. You know, so it's a bummer that we shut down the nuclear plant. You know, as, as most people know, I think there have been no new nuclear plant uh, plants being constructed since um, the Three Mile Island disaster in the 70s. Um, but that's a shame, too, um, because that shouldn't have had that effect. It's a real bummer. And it's been it's been. You know, hate to say it, but listen, nobody wants to hear, especially our, our baby boomer listeners, you know, because you're you're in this generation, right? But like, you know, the late 60s and 70s environmentalists were insanely anti-nuclear. And I'm sorry, guys, but the result of what you did was increased fossil fuel consumption. That was, I, I, I don't, maybe that's not what you wanted, but that's the result of what you did. Um, because the anti-nuclear activism coupled with the, the disaster, which didn't kill anybody, by the way, um, at Three Mile Island, um, killed nuclear and basically made it so that all of our power would just come from fossil fuels. So that was actually you guys um, that did that. And it's very unfortunate. Um, but the other, the, other, the other thing that I want to point out, which is not at all unrelated. In fact, it's the very same thing, talking about unintended consequences um, with <coughs> when it comes to energy is, uh, you know, the article pointed out, you know, this person from ISO New England was saying that um, probably our, our best hope for, um, you know, some sort of um, mitigation of this problem comes from Hydro Quebec. So hydropower up in Quebec. Uh, and the only obstacle to the hydropower in Quebec thing is getting it into the grid because, um, you know, recently I think there was a, something was blocked in Maine to get it, uh, have it going into Maine. And as we know, we might've heard of a, a power line project that was very famous in New Hampshire that also died called the Northern pass project. And I hate to say it guys, but that's what that was too. That was like, that was hydroelectric, uh, power coming from Canada that it turns out we need, actually we need it, um, because we might have rolling blackouts without it. And um, I just look, I mean, when I first heard about that project many years ago, I was like, yeah, yeah, white mountains are sacred, man. Fuck that. You can't be burning the shit, killing all the animals. And they just, they just, all oh, those energy bastards just want to carve up the land and all this stuff. You know, and then as time went on and I read more and more about it, and I learned that it was basically just like a line of power lines um, going through a certain place. And yes, it would be in a, it would be in some views. Um, doesn't bother me. I like the way that power lines look. I grew up around power lines. There's a nice many miles long path of power lines that leads from my parents' house all the way to Fitchburg. I always thought there was something very aesthetically pleasing about the way that we have combined our like electricity canals um, with the forest. Um, yeah. I well, like that. I've always felt that way about it too. I, I, I grew up not, not right in my backyard, but pretty near 
um, some views with power line corridors. And I always thought that they looked like really enticing trails, you know, like, yeah, of not, not necessarily like to walk on, but just like enticing trails of like civilization or something. I don't know. I don't know the right words to describe it, but they always just seemed like appealing to me. Like it was like proof of some kind of connection I don't know. Yeah, me too. Yeah, no, I feel that. I that's that is exactly how I've always felt about them. And I really reject this notion that for like a pristine view to be beautiful or, or pristine itself, it has to have no traces of human existence in it. Which you know? isn't even possible. It's not. It's not, not even because not. everything, everything. You know, this reminds me of this this movie. It's a Japanese movie called Only Yesterday. It's like somewhat of a boring, you know, sim- like anime but there's a scene in it where like the main character she's like gone out to the countryside of japan to like i don't know for like a holiday and she's like got this kind of crush on this farmer guy and they're like out you know out looking driving around looking at the landscape and she's like see this is like real this is like nature like i can look out and like nothing it's like pristine just like that like nothing has been changed by humans you know and the and the farmer's like what are you talking about like that's a managed forest that river has been dammed you know like over there's a field of like something it's like he explains to her how like literally everything that she's looking out and seeing and calling just pristine nature is you know has been touched reminds me too of like you know, the stories of like Native Americans when, when Europeans came over and they thought it was like an unsullied wilderness, but it was a managed forest. It's like, we have been, humans have been changing the forested landscape forever. There's no such thing as an unsullied natural view. And if we want electricity, we might have to like see it sometimes. And I do want electricity. It's very important to me. You know, I mean, and it's, you know what, it's important to all of you too. Um, and w- whether you, whether you want to admit it or not, you know, um, you know, like, yeah, you could do without it. Sure. You could. All right. Fine. Think that if you want, but it's not true. And it's not, it's, you know, and it's, it's, that's just, look, I mean, um, I, I think that it has become very fashionable these days, especially around here. No offense to my, our, our dear, dear listeners, but to like hate humanity. You know, to like really just like think, yeah, humans are bad. Ah, the animals are better. You know, and, you know, like, like, you know, like, I don't know. You know, we, we've destroyed everything. Like, we're just this evil. I mean, it's, it's just very like, guys, look, you know, I mean, like, I, I grew up evangelical in the 80s and 90s. Like, I heard enough about the fallenness of mankind and I left that behind on purpose. All right. And I don't want to be hearing it from a bunch of atheists. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck that. Um, Sorry, um, that's just not what I'm here for. I like the humans. I'm on the side of the humans. And yes, we are a part of the great web of life, you know, but there might come a time, um, you know, where a sparrow needs to fall, you know, for the construction of our power lines, you know, so that we have electricity. And I think that the sacrifice of the sparrow is worth it. Sometimes we need to make these decisions we are at the top of the food chain and we come first. That's 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 my position on it. And I don't want any rolling blackouts. And from a political perspective, and so yeah, you know, so people could be like, yeah, 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 fuck off, Chris, you're a dick. We shouldn't have electricity. But like, no, I mean, people need to hear this. And let me tell you, 
when there are, if, if, now maybe Bill Taylor's right, and I hope he is. Maybe this is all a non-issue, and this is just scare tactics to get us all riled up and shit, right? But um, if we really have rolling blackouts, um, I, I, I think that some of the people that oppose energy generation are going to be surprised at the backlash um, that comes from that and the political shifts that come from that and the demands for new sources of energy that come from that because people are not just going to like sit back and be like, well, fuck it. You know, we gotta, we gotta go to bed at eight o'clock because the, you know what I mean? Like everything's being powered down. Um, that's fucked up, you know? Um, and I'll be on the side of the agitators in this fight because I don't want the rolling blackouts either. Yeah. Me Christmas is the season of light after all. Right. It's the season of light. And, you know, may I, may I add the light of, of humanity and the, and the wonderfulness of humankind and, you know, to get a little, add a little Steiner in there. Yes, you may. Yes, you may. It's, um, and it's, it's a little bit of Steiner. It's also the main lesson of the, the greatest Christmas movie, the greatest Christmas special there ever, ever was, Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. Um, that is, that's the lesson of that film. Um, so, yeah, timeless truths from Rudolf Steiner to Oscar the Grouch. Generate that electricity. That is one funny thing, though, about driving down, um, you know, because like, I don't know, most people haven't really spent very much time in New Jersey. And like, you know, when you get off the George Washington Bridge and you come down onto the New Jersey Turnpike, which is I-95, you know, there is, you know, there's no other word to describe what you see other than it's an industrial wasteland. Like it is just as far as I can see, there's like there's like a giant port with like. You know, like the port cranes just like stretched across the horizon. And then there's all these like weird things that are clearly related to like petroleum refinement and electricity generation and like all the all these like all the nasty shit that we need for civilization. And it's like all in this one place. And it really does to this day. Um, I always used to joke about it. Everybody used to joke about it, but it's still true. It smells. You roll the window down, it fucking stinks. It's a stinky place up there. That's not like when you go to see people in New Jersey that you don't. Like they don't like live in huts beneath <laughs> the pipes, you know what I mean? Like they're not, there's not like a colony down there. Um, they the live in people. they live in nice communities further south and and actually further north in some cases too, um, from that. So it's a very nice state. But yeah, I saw a lot of power generation there. And yeah, it's ugly sometimes. It's, it isn't always pretty. But we need the. I mean, do you guys? What do you guys want? Like the people of like New York City to do? Like go away, you know? Go, just. Not need not have needs anymore. No, they need the they need the energy, and we do too. Or else we'll succeed. Or else we'll su- yes. Which is my that's my segue to the, um, to, the to our final topic. Yeah, to our final topic of the night. We'll succeed and build our own nuclear power plant. <laughs> well, yeah, you would have to. So tell me about this fellow um, who is um, making these. Who's got so, the cool idea? I'm going to risk clicking over to this uh, article and hopefully I don't freeze on you here. Um, There is a state rep from Ringe, Matthew Santanastasso. Uh-huh. That's my best guess. 
Nice. Okay. Santa Nastasso. Yes. And he um, has proposed a constitutional amendment. He and six other Republican lawmakers uh, with, with the verbiage, the state peaceably declares independence from the United States and proceeds as a sovereign nation. And, and there's some question as to whether that is actually legal, constitutionally allowed. You know, there's been... Yeah, I mean, I believe people have been asking those questions for like 150 years or so. May, yeah, may, may have been a, a big question at one point, you know. It's been a... Yeah. It's been discussed a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, but uh, that's on you the have table. a reason? What's that? Does he have a reason? Does he um, say like what? What's he asking? What's he want? Well, it looks like it looks like he and a and a friend maybe had some racist reasons that they that that were uncovered. Um, but he, but mostly he's just really unhappy with the federal government. He wants to make a change. Uh, he suggests that we could like become buddies with Texas if they want out. And oh no, this is different. This is um. Oh, is there more than one? There's more than one. <laughs> this is Representative Mike Sylvia of Belmont. Okay. Um. So it's like the Ringe guy is just in on this. It looks like maybe oh. Sylvia is the is the he's the ringleader. The ringleader. Um. Yeah. They I mean they just they're not happy with the direction of the of the government of the of the federal government. They want to separate from it. Um. And so he's saying, like, you know, Sylvia is saying you don't have to have physical borders to become a collective. So maybe we can join with Texas. To do to accomplish what? I'm not 100 percent clear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure the the um, the rest of the I don't know what should we call it? The, the union, maybe um, <laughs> would, would, to- would totally be cool with like a pipeline going just diagonally through the whole thing from like Texas to New Hampshire for our oil needs. Right. Um, in our, in our con- confederation or whatever he's, what did he call it? He didn't call it a confederation. Did he? Oh, he, did not. <laughs> <laughs> he did uh, not a confederacy, a collective. Oh, a collective. A collective. Oh, a collective. <laughs> oh, it's a very charming term. Very nice. Very, very nice. Um, that's right. Um, that's funny. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that we're going to be an energy collective with Texas. I, I don't, I mean, I don't think that he necessarily called out Texas for their oil producing capacity, mm. more their long They talk about the heating. Yeah. Either, yes, their longstanding discussions on the matter. Yeah, very, very longstanding discussions on the matter. I don't know. You know, we ran a, um, we ran a story, a column, I should say, by a guy named, um, interesting character named Angelo Voyello who was talking about, um, you know, his whole point, and people thought this was crazy, and I, I'm curious to see if he submits something else to us, maybe responding to some of what the, the readers have said, but his whole thing is that, you know, there could come a point someday when, you know, the federal government breaks down, and there's more, maybe maybe the U.S. nominally still exists, but there's far more regional and local autonomy and things like that, and like, maybe even this, you know, being a um, being that New Hampshire doesn't necessarily have the strongest like state apparatus, like that could subsequently break down, and like you know Peterborough may need to become a regional power. It's his thesis. I'm not we're, we don't we don't endorse that here, but that's that's his mm-hmm. thesis. Of course, we've asked a couple of guests about this, and um, we've gotten their takes on it as well, um, even before he wrote 
um, his thing. He, he's been in touch with us for quite some time. Um, very um, vibrant um, elderly gentleman. He is um, very, very forceful. Anyways, uh, but, but one of the most common responses to it was that that's nuts. We would never need to do that. What are you talking about? Like we have like the, the, the response was basically like, how could <laughs> like, we would never need that because nothing is ever going to change from the way that it is now, you know? Mm-hmm. And not that I think that New Hampshire or Texas, like that these are like serious succession attempts here, but like, I don't know. Does anybody really think it's like out of the realm of possibility that like the there could be changes to the fifty states in some way? You know what I mean? Like I don't like in the last few years, like we we've is I don't I don't know how anybody can have lived through honestly the last whether whether you want to say two years, whether you want to say five years, like whatever you want to say, and really still seriously and adamantly say like X is off the table will never happen. Right. Are you sure? Like, are you sure it will never happen? Like, that, I don't know. There's a lot of things that have happened that, you know, that we would have said, like, would have never happened. You know what I mean? A lot of things. Very true. Tons Very of true. things. And they, you know what, guys? They, so far, <laughs> if you haven't noticed, so far, they come on real fast, too. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not even like there's like this, like, gradual shift and, like, change is slow. No, 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 no. It happens all at once. Really suddenly, and people oftentimes don't have the wherewithal to react to it in time, like myself included. You know, I mean, it, it, it happens like that. Uh, it's like lightning. Um, so I don't know. This, these representatives are crazy. Obviously, I don't want to leave the United States. Um, certainly not for any racial reasons, for God's sakes, here, guys. You know, like what the fuck? Um, but interesting to note. You know, and um, I just don't count any, don't count on anything, guys, though. Anything could happen, yeah. though. You know, yeah. really. Um, anything could happen. And um, and if it does, you know, God bless Peterborough. Right? I have nothing more to add to that. <laughs> greater, greater Peterborough. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, that is our show for this week. We're going to have a show next week. We might have a guest. Um, it is it is uncertain yet. Um, if you're listening to this right away, this will hopefully come out Thursday morning. If you're listening to this right away and you've actually made it to the end, come on out to our open mic, our writer's open mic tonight at the library. Um, Mad Knock Underground in the library, hosting our, our monthly writer's night out. It's the second, Tuesday, second Thursday excuse me, of every month, 5.30 to 7 p.m. We've got a pre-registration link. We'll drop it in there. Um, yeah, please come. We'll, we'd love to see you. And um, check out the holiday guide. We're going to keep updating it. We'll link it in the notes. And, um, you know, be jolly. You know, get out there and have some mirth. You know what I mean? Like, you got to do it. That's right. Right? I think that's, right. that's some good advice for people to yes, take. It, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> and from, from now until the next time we meet again, take this good advice. Take other good advice. We'll see you next time in the Space Lounge. Good night.